This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome to the show indeed. It is about uh, six minutes after four and we are ready to go. John Pincus is covering for Lior tonight. So, uh, and the remainder of the afternoon show. So you want to call in. That is the guy who you're going to talk to, and we suggest you do. It is a 604-280-9898 is the way to go. 604-280-9898. You want to reach out by email, ask John, or uh, get a question on the air. You can do that. That is quite simple. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. I mean, we would be uh, remiss, my friend, if we didn't start the show with what is the biggest talk on the planet tonight. And that would be uh, that would be COVID nineteen in this particular COVID uh, coronavirus. Now a lot of things have been uh, literally hour coming by hour by hour as far as the physical and the health concerns. But the the other side of this coin, one that if not right now, eventually will be uh, bigger, if not uh, longer lasting than the actual COVID virus will be uh, the economic impact and the uh, the impact on people's jobs, uh, not only here in BC but also in Ontario and other places. There is retailers that are shutting down for two weeks or they're going through a drive-through format, something. But either way, there's going to be people that don't have the type of employment where they're going to be working from home via VPN line or on a computer. They're simply going to be shut out for two weeks going, what do I do now? So that's what we want to talk about here at uh, the beginning of the show. And if you're listening to this and you have any concerns about your job, if you think you're going to be in, in this in this group of people, this rather large coast-to-coast group of people that will be affected by this in the coming weeks and months probably, Call, ask your question, 604-280-9898. That is the number to call. Start to get some relief or get John to clear things up a little bit for you. So how are you, pal? You ready for uh, ready for this afternoon or what? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. And, and hopefully we'll be able to pr- provide some people with uh, at least some degree of comfort or if not that, at least uh, some information as we, uh, we get through this because uh, truth of the matter is we know it's going to be temporary, but we don't know how long it's going to last. And so... We'll talk about not just COVID-19, of course. We'll get onto some other topics, mm-hmm. uh, p- perhaps uh, less uh, uh, less less distressing topics or, or, or more, depending on your situation. But sure. uh, definitely start with some COVID-19 questions and maybe at least get people feeling at ease knowing what their rights are and, and what they should be doing in this situation. Again, it's uh, 604-280-9898. If you're feeling anxiety about this topic and uh, your job, call in, get some uh, get some questions answered at least off the top. I want to slide right into this. So um, it, it's come to the point where your employer says, you know, we're, uh, we're shutting her down for a couple weeks uh, anyway, fellas so and ladies, so off you go and, uh, you know, walk your dog and be safe. Can your employer force you to stay home? Can they force you to stay home? You know, more and more, John, my answer to this question is is becoming yes. You know, we just heard right. the news about what's going on uh, in Surrey, uh, over in Ontario. Uh, they've just closed the Superior Court justice system outside of uh, urgent matters. So we are really, really in uncharted territory. And uh, in circumstances like this, uh, we should expect that the law is not going to punish employers who decide uh, to force people to stay home, particularly those uh, who have returned from traveling abroad. Uh, if you're traveling to uh, especially somewhere that's a hotspot, the answer is almost unquestionably yes, they can force you uh, to stay home and, and get medical clearance or, or self-isolate for a certain period of time before you return. I remember that employers have a duty to maintain maintain a cell a safe work environment right. and if they have reason to believe that a quarantine is required uh, either because of people having certain conditions or because of the nature of the workplace and how many people 
people work in close quarters, then an employer is reasonable in mandating sick leave uh, for certain periods of time. Again, it's uh, 10 after 4 here. You have questions, bring them on about uh, what could have to, uh, possibly be coming down in your workplace or you as an employer. Or if you're an employer and you're wondering how to handle this thing, feel free to call through 604-280-9898. We'll get to more of those questions here in, uh, in just a bit. But want to bounce over to the phone call right away. Sophia, thank you for calling in. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And yourself? Great. So what's on your mind? Um, I'm just wondering, I left a job that I was at for four years, um, just Mm -hmm. now, and got into another company. I've been there now for not even a month, but this whole COVID-19 thing happened, and they called saying that there's no work, like, none whatsoever. So I'm wondering what I can do, like... I mean, it's not like I want to sue them or any of those kind of things, but I'm wondering for if I cannot get a job back, what happens? Or do they have to fund me for the time that I'm off if they do call me back? Or, you know what I mean? Lots of good questions in there. So, Sophie, for, for one thing, what's going to be central to all this is are they acting in good faith, right? Right now, we know our entire society is essentially shutting down. So, you know, as I was saying a moment ago, I don't think any... Uh, any judge is going to penalize a company for exercising that kind of caution right now. What's mm-hmm. what's going to be important is what happens when the dust settles, right? Because we will get through this. Eventually, businesses are going to open again, and our society will resume. We will return to normalcy, and that's when you have to look at what your employer is doing. If at that point they say, actually, you know what, we just don't have the work for you anymore because now we're in a recession or now mm-hmm. we, you know, we've just, we've had to reorganize, it's at that point that you have the right to say, well, okay, um, now I'm entitled to some termination pay. If you were recruited um, and you've lost uh, your income because of that, then at that point you're going to be entitled to some compensation for uh, for your losses there. But for the time being, your only recourse is is likely going to be employment insurance, right? And they've lifted some of the requirements on that. But I, and I know that's that's going to be cold comfort to a lot of people. But if you are in this situation because of COVID nineteen, there's not too much else you can do. So I don't know if that if that answers all the questions that that you had. And I, I know that's not the uh, you know the answer that a lot of people want to hear. Uh, mm-hmm. But for right now, we, we really just have to kind of wait and see. And yeah. uh, there's there's really not much. Uh, you know, if you were to go to uh, to sue your uh, employer uh, right now, you, you may find that you may not even get into the court system because, like I said, in, in Ontario, for instance, the, uh, the courts are, are closing themselves. Right. Uh, so we're going to all have to kind of sit tight and, uh, and, and just wait for this to pass, which it will. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well... I guess, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. You're Thanks, very Sophia, and keep listening. In the next coming uh, few weeks, of course, we'll always have updated information in regard to uh, you know COVID nineteen and how it affects uh, your employment for sure. Yeah, it just came down the uh, the other day that uh, across in Ontario they have act- the actual brick and mortar courts will be closing, so you won't be able to enter one anyway. So yeah, that stuff's going to be put on. Uh, on hiatus anyway. Anyway, back to the topic as we wait uh, for more uh, some more phone calls here, 604-280-9898. Does your employer have to pay you if you're sick or quarantined or if you've come back and you're under the mandatory or what I shouldn't say mandatory, eventually it might be, but the mandatory 14-day self, uh, self-quarantine, self even if you're not sick, do they have to pay you? 
So we just touched on that a little bit, but uh, generally speaking, unless you have a contractual right to be paid for sick days, by default sick days are unpaid. So any employer following guidance from our government health officials right now regarding who should not be at work can actually force you to be on that unpaid sick leave even if you're not doing that voluntarily. Uh, for people on sick leaves for extended periods of time, generally speaking, their uh, main recourse would be disability insurance. Uh, failing right. that, there is, of course, employment insurance. Uh, so short-term disability insurance is definitely something you will want to consider uh, in, this, in this situation, and you may want to uh, speak to your doctor or fill out an application about doing that. But as for your employer, uh, in those situations, they are not going to be on the hook for your salary. By the way, you want to reach out anytime about these topics or anyone else or any, anything else for that matter. You want to talk to John or Lior, you can do so. Write this down, 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way to go. I want to try to get Joe in here just before we, uh, just before we take a, a quick break. Uh, Joe, thanks for hanging on. How are you this afternoon? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I have a quick you question. Bet. So uh, we're a mobile care company. We don't have any employees, but we have lots of uh, independent contractors. Since uh, the COVID-19, a lot of them are not going to clients' homes. So will they be uh, qualified for EI, or what's the situation for them? Good question. So typically, independent contractors will not qualify for EI unless uh, unless they are registered to participate. But just by virtue of the fact that these people have not been paying into EI, generally speaking, no. So it's going to be a, a difficult situation for them, but that's that's just the reality. Okay, okay, thank you. And welcome back to the show. Indeed, it is uh, 418. You have calls, you have questions, 604-280-9898. That is the way to do it. We're going to be covering some normal employment matters here, like temporary layoffs and maybe some emails a little later on in the show. Uh, that address, by the way, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But the first part of the show, I want to try to provide some information and or comfort for people that are wondering that, uh, you know, in the next coming a few days, possibly, but definitely weeks and months to follow COVID-19, how it will affect their employment. And, uh, you know, with possible layoffs and being told to stay home for two weeks or more uh, soon, it, it could affect a lot of people. I want to get on to, uh, to JG. JG uh, JD, thanks for hanging on through the break, pal. How are you? Well, we got JD. Uh, I'm the owner. My, my wife and I are the owner of, um, of a contracting company, and we've never had, uh, never used EI or we've been paying into it uh, forever. Uh I've, just, I've always wondered what you know what would happen if work is slow, being that I, I also do some of the the, the contracting work, uh, but I also run the company. Uh, what might happen there? So you say you've been if paying. I, you're saying that you have been paying into um, EI. So you are self. Oh yes, uh, my, my wife and I are the two employees of of our company, and then we have subcontractors. Also, that work for us. Uh, when times are a little bit lean, uh, I get into it and do most of the work myself. Right. So, if you have uh, if if you have opted into it, um, you do have a right uh, to get EI. But the the tricky thing is, and, and you may know this from past experiences. Generally speaking, there is um, quite a long waiting period. Um, to get into EI. Now, they have waived um, the waiting period for um, normal registrants. And when I say normal, I I mean people who are are sort of traditional employees. Um, 
not, uh, as far as I know, they haven't yet waived, or, or I don't know if they're going to waive, uh, the very long waiting period for self-registrants. Uh, so you may want to call Service Canada and find the answer to that, but, you know, that you... You've you've done the uh, you know the had the foresight to self-register, and so I think now is exactly the time to take advantage of that. All right, we'll copy that, and thank you very much for everything. Take care, guys. Good luck. Thanks, JD. Appreciate uh, your contribution this afternoon. You want to reach out further? Six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three. That'll get you in touch with John or uh, Leo or anytime. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. But in here now for the remainder of this show to call through, ask your questions just like that. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. Daniel, you're up next. Good afternoon. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you doing? Good. Pal. Um, what's, just- uh, what's on your mind? I just have a quick question. If uh, the company decides to close uh, the doors because of this virus, am I entitled to severance and to be laid off if it's just for two weeks? And uh, that's it. So if the company decides to close their doors in deference to what health officials have been saying, basically social distancing, uh, keeping people away from each other, stopping the spread of infection, generally speaking, I think we should expect that under the law that is not going to be a uh, constructive dismissal. Uh, so I would not be gearing up to sue for severance. But what I was mentioning to one of our earlier callers is what the key is going to be what happens when this is over. So when this is over and uh, the sort of health restrictions are lifted and the quarantines are lifted, if at that point your employer is not allowing you to return to work and the excuse they are using is a downturn in business, it's at that point you're, that you're going to want to give an employment lawyer a call and think about potentially uh, bringing a case for constructive dismissals. And, and I All expect right, that's going to happen probably in some cases. You bet. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate that. You want to reach out further? Talk to John, 604-283-3123. That's, a, that's one of many interesting angles with this whole topic, by the way, is, uh, yeah, after a couple of weeks and things are getting lean or continue to be lean, and the, uh, you know, the, the two weeks is over, some employers are going to say, you know what, either I've learned to work with fewer people or I just don't have work for you, so I'm laying you off. I'm using quotations for that, laying you off for a longer period of time. What do you think about that? You're absolutely, John. I think that that is almost a foregone conclusion in yeah. these situations. And uh, in addition to that, we're also going to be facing probably a recession, at least in the short term, if not the long term. So we're going to, uh, certainly my office is uh, gearing up for um, <laughs> potentially getting very busy once, mm-hmm. uh, once this thing sort of blows over, at least from a, a medical point of view. Yeah. Uh, the uh, time is uh, 7.23. You still have lots of time to, or pardon me, uh, 4.23 to call in and ask your questions here. Uh, it is uh, 604-280-9898. I know some of the questions that have been uh, been asked, uh, you know, here in BC and across some of our, our uh, affiliates across the country is, the whole thing with the EI is good. I mean, some governments have chosen to squash that waiting period so you get on it right away. I've heard that's happening in other provinces. But some of the big questions coming through, and I don't think anybody's addressed it. I don't mean anybody by you as, as an employment lawyer. I mean, as, as far as government is concerned, how about all the people that are sitting back going, yeah, but I'm self-employed. I don't, play, I don't pay into to EI. I'm a self-employed guy. I run my own business. What are they going to do? Do you have any idea? Right. For, so for one thing, let's remember that EI is a federal program, right? So any changes oh. that you're that we're seeing in EI are going to be across the board. Okay. Um, 
but for people who are self-employed, um, you know, we, we spoke to one person tonight uh, who, uh, thankfully for them, are self-registered, and uh, hopefully they can get their EI benefits soon because, you know, it's not going to help them very much if they have to wait 12 months to get right. it, uh, which yeah. is the standard rule. Um, so hopefully they're going to relax that as well. But, yeah, for self-employed people, uh, whether it's Uber, Fedora, uh, you name it, anyone in the gig economy or anyone who's working as an independent contractor, it's really it's going to be very tough, um, and I think this is the only thing that we can do here is have the government step in. There's really nowhere uh, that the law is going to protect these people unless uh, measures are put in place uh, by our legislators. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight is the number for your questions of any employment nature, whether it has to do with the current COVID nineteen. Uh, Scenario or uh, just plain old employment questions? Bring them on, like we answer every week. Would love to uh, love to talk to you. If you are on sick leave, does the employer have to hold your job for you, and how long? Short answer is yes. An employer right. does owe a duty to accommodate your condition up to the point of undue hardship. If your employer fires you because you've taken a sick leave, chances are they're going to owe you severance. They could mm-hmm. also be liable for human rights breaches. How long is really going to depend from case to case. There really is no set rule. So one of the common myths out there is that after two years, an employer doesn't have to hold your job anymore. And and that's kind of emerged from disability policies, which change uh, people's eligibility after two years and change people's uh, benefits after two years. But in the employment law sphere, there is no such period. It can be three, four, even five years. And if you get better, you have the right to have your job back. So you do have uh, protection under human rights legislation, and you should know that if you have to take a sick leave. In the eventuality that either you become sick with this uh, this coronavirus, or you have to, as a result of someone else, a family member getting sick, you have to take time off. You have to stay home with them to take care of them, and then by yourself, probably having to quarantine yourself at that point. Um, do you have the right to stay home? Can the, can the employer do anything to you if that's the case? You do have the right to stay home. Uh, British Columbia has up to five days of family responsibility leave. That would apply to taking care of your child or a child in your care, someone in your immediate family. Uh, And if it's a serious case, uh, if a family member, for example, has what's called a significant risk of death, you also have the right to up to 27 weeks of compassionate care leave. Now, your employer doesn't need to pay you during this time, uh, Uh, but you may want to talk uh, to them about the possibility of working remotely so you don't uh, lose your income. But if if that's not an option for you, uh, either because of the nature of your job or the nature of the care that you need to provide, then you can think about applying for compassionate care or family caregiver EI benefits. Again, we're doing this uh, first couple uh, sections of the show here this afternoon, just kind of covering off some some broad points when it comes to COVID-19 because, uh, of course, we're all hearing every day, every minute about the physical and health ramifications of this uh, this virus that's in this country everywhere, for that matter. But it's going to boil over to a point where people are going to say, hey, I forgot about the job end of things. So I hope we're providing some, some good information for you here and answering some questions as it concerns you and your employment going forward. And again, as we mentioned, the weeks and months, if not longer, that once it's this virus has calmed down and pretty much gone from the uh, from the physical sphere. 
what still remains is your job and the the ramifications of the economy at that point. So that's why we're answering and asking some of these questions as well. Uh, did you want to bounce over? To, we are normally at the top of the show. We have a bit of a uh, week that was saving. Do you want to bounce over to any? Do you have something prepared or was yeah, it all let's, just COVID-19? Let's, let's do it, John. Because Let's uh, slide one in before we I'm, break. Okay. I'm sure people, as, as much as they've loved hearing about COVID-19 around the clock, uh, it's always nice to shift gears a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. Speak about... Yeah. Uh, Slightly uh, sunnier topics, although I, mm-hmm. I can't believe people losing their jobs is, is now a, a sunnier topic, but yeah, there right. we have it. Strange yeah. times. Yeah. So I will talk about a few situations. Uh, first one I want to talk about is a, a young gentleman who worked for a, a small publishing company, and he'd been working there for about five years. And as is the case with many companies in that industry, work has slowed down, and unfortunately, they've had to engage in cutbacks. Uh, so he was terminated on a without cause basis. So the employer said, all right, you've been employed for five years with us, so you're entitled to five weeks' pay under BC Mm -hmm. Employment Standards. Unfortunately, this person had listened to the show and knows full well that BC Employment Standards is only the minimum amount that someone is entitled uh, for severance. So uh, he said, so he, you know, he put it to them. He said, well, hang on a second. I've never agreed to be limited to just the employment standards. And I went on the severance pay calculator. I'm actually entitled to six months. So in response, the company tells him, well, no, 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 that, that doesn't apply to us. We're a small company. We're in tough financial times. We don't need to pay that. Now, of course, that is absolute nonsense. Severance entitlements do not change whether the company is big or small, whether times are good or bad. And I'll tell you what, John, after I spoke to this individual, I learned that he was also subject to a non-competition agreement that the company refused to waive for reasons that I I still quite don't understand, but they didn't. (laughs) Uh, So not only is he entitled to six months pay, he's actually entitled to substantially more uh, than six months pay. So look, as a practical matter, if a company truly has no money, no assets, is going into receivership or worse, is going bankrupt, you, right. you really cannot get blood from a stone. That That's true. So while in those situations you have legal entitlements, that may ultimately be a moot point. However, on the other hand, an employer who simply tells you, quote, we have no money, don't bother, go ahead, do your, you know, uh, fill your boots, um, you should treat that with suspicion. You know, don't take that at face value because I've got to tell you, a lot of times uh, I have an employer saying that and they get a claim from us and lo and behold, there is some money that they're protecting and there is a settlement to be had and my client does get a check at the end of the day. So before you uh, assume that at face value, speak to an employment lawyer. And getting right back into it here at uh, 4.33, John Pincus is covering things for Lior this week. Your phone calls, yeah, 604-280-9898. We'll uh, bounce over to the topic of temporary layoffs here uh, when we get to a moment. First, Elaine, thank you for, for hanging on. How are you this afternoon? I'm great. Thank you. Wonderful. What's on your mind? So, so um, I work for a fairly large company in Vancouver. Um, we do have a union and, and all of that stuff. Um, but, so I do pay into um, EI. And I also have a side business that I do that makes um, some money, but it doesn't make a ton of money. So I'm self-employed as well as being part of a of a, having a full-time job that I do pay EI into. So now if the company was to lay me off, but I'm still making some money on the side, and I and I don't even know how that's going to look because it's in the medical industry, so they may be shutting down too. I'm not sure. But if I continue to work the part-time job, it doesn't pay me enough to live on. Would I still be able to um, access the EI that I'm paying into 
all the time because I'm working full-time for this large company. Mm -hmm. Well, the main criteria for EI is that you've lost at least 40% of your weekly wages and you've worked uh, 600 hours in the year before you start the claim. So in the situation you've described, probably uh, you are still entitled to it. But remember, it never, ever hurts to apply. So when in doubt, and, and I mean this for everyone, when in doubt, apply. Um, and, and all you have to make sure that you are doing is reporting the income that you earn. As long as you're transparent with them, uh, there's really no harm in doing it. So if, if you're put into that situation, I would strongly encourage you to apply, first of all, because it sounds like you probably would be eligible. Uh, and secondly, even if you're not eligible, as long as you disclose all the income you're earning, there really is no downside to applying. Okay, so just a quick, a quick addition, because Say, I'm just going to put, put the number out. So say I make 25000 a year, but I, I have write-offs. Um, so, so maybe my income is only 15000 a year. Um, so w- would they be, because I don't file till the end of the year, so I have that money that comes in, would I, would I so if I'm declaring my weekly, how much I'm making a week, would I do it after taxes, do you understand my situation there? Like, I'm not sure right. how. So, I, I, I think that that, to be perfectly honest with you, is probably a question for Service Canada. My understanding is that you actually do report the gross, but your situation is a little bit unique, just because you're you, you have this this uh, self-employed business. So, when you go on to make your your application, um, there is uh, a number that you can call. Um, or um, I'm not sure if, if the Service Canada centers are still open right now, or you can ask in person. Um, but I, I would, out of caution, I would um, probably report the gross and then maybe make a note as, as to what the net is. But if your income has gone down, uh, again, by 40%, uh, then it, it could end up being somewhat of a, of a moot point. But you, you may want to speak to Service Canada about that. Elaine, appreciate your time and appreciate the call as well. Jeff, thank you for hanging on, fella. Good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, I'm, uh, well, <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit of an odd situation. So um, okay. my uh, self and uh, other people um, here in the Vancouver area, we work in the uh, uh, tourist uh, sightseeing uh, trade. And for um, many people, they work as uh, um, they're employed by a company, so they're paying into EI and all that stuff, so that's easy. But for some of us, we uh, work as uh, freelance people. We <clears throat> we don't uh, have an employer as such. Uh, if we if we work for ten dollars an hour or twenty dollars an hour or whatever the the price is, uh, the employer um, you know we invoice people. They just pay us. Uh, that amount, and of course, right. we save our money for the end of the year, and we, uh, uh, you know, we know we have to give some of that money uh, to the uh, tax people in April. We do our taxes. So, uh, about 20 minutes ago or so, you guys were saying something about uh, if you register, uh, something about self-employed people or uh, freelance contractors can register something with Service Canada. I've, I've not heard that, and I wonder if you could uh, just explain a little bit more. So there is a, a, a Government of Canada website uh, that does explain it. So if you just look up uh, EI Special Benefits for Self-Employed People, you can find there's actually a, a quite helpful um, document, uh, sort of memo, that explains this. 
um, it, it shows that if you are just registering now, you actually have to wait 12 months uh, before applying for EI special benefits. So that's one of the things that I was mentioning earlier, so that people who are just applying now, uh, or, or registering now rather, um, may have some difficulty getting EI benefits um, in time. Uh, but if you're already registered, um, then uh, then those um, uh, then those benefits uh, can can kick in just like uh, I believe it's 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 the same sort of time frame as everyone else. So hopefully those waiting periods have been uh, have been waived. But uh, yeah, there is there is a way to register. Again, the 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 tricky part is this uh, this waiting period. Um, so. Um, and and I, I haven't heard anything from the government about waiving that waiting period from the date of uh, registration. So, uh, right, that's in, you know that that's where it may become a bit of a moot point. Yeah, in a normal situation, uh, we're busy during the summer. It slows down in the winter. For me, my winter uh, picks up a bit with the uh, ski season, especially once we roll into um, uh, late November into December, and then December, January, and February, March. It's pretty good. Well. Of course, this year has been the last several months have been several uh, very slow, and of course now the mountain shutting down. Uh, now mm-hmm. the prospect of uh, it, the normal uh, tourist startup in um, uh, late April into May that's looking pretty grim right now. But yeah, uh, I guess there's not much I'll be able to do about it. So, uh, like you say, I'll have to check out uh, the government uh, website and uh, you know pr- maybe prepare for uh, hopefully this happening. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't happen. In a, in some other period of time up ahead. Right, and, and, and just listen for government announcements because this is changing on a daily basis. So, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we get an announcement from the Trudeau government and, you know, maybe a week from now that, hey, self-employed people, uh, we're going to, you know, waive the 12-month period right now and, you know, or, or we'll have you, you know, back pay the premiums later on so that you can get access to this too. So this is, this is a very dynamic situation. Uh, and if you are self-employed and you're not registered and you're thinking of registering, stirring, um, then just uh, keep your eye out for government announcements. Thanks. Uh, appreciate the call. Going to move on to Mike here. I'll get him in before the uh, the break. Mike, you got a minute or so. What uh, What's your concern? Yeah, so I'm uh, working at an office, and I'm just wondering what I should do if one of my co-workers, one or more of my co-workers are having symptoms like coughing, yet they continue to come to work. Well, uh, that's a very good question. So if that happens, uh, for the first thing you should do is immediately report it to your supervisor. If those people are um, uh, not being sent home and you're being asked to continue to work, you do have a right to refuse unsafe work. And if you're being put in a situation where you believe you're being exposed uh, to, uh, to potentially uh, COVID-19, which not only endangers your health, but the health of the people around you, I think you're uh, well uh, in, in, in very good standing to say, I'm taking a medical leave, uh, I'm self-quarantining because I don't want to be around this person. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, Colin, you still got to, you still got some time here. Welcome to the show. If you're doing so, 604-280-9898 is the way you uh, you want to contact, ask your questions. JD, thank you for hanging on. How are you? I am good, man. Thank you. Um, sorry, it's just to continue on on the same yep. kind of topic. Maybe I'm beating the dead horse, but okay. So, so I've got a, 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 I have a job. I have two. Well, I have a job, and I'm covered with. Uh, EI and, and, and whatever for that. But I also make some money on the side. Maybe I'm selling some things on Amazon or uh, doing some landscaping on the side. 
you know, maybe I made 50 bucks a week or 100 bucks or then 200 bucks or, or whatever. Uh, and then I get laid off, but, but, uh, but, I'm, but I'm making some okay money on, on the, well, not on the side, but I guess on the side. I'm claiming everything. Uh, maybe I'm making good money at, at both. Can I still claim EI on my lost revenue from the job? Maybe it was two, three, five grand a month on the job that was covered by EI, but my, my self-employed little stuff that I'm you know selling whatever or, or landscaping on the side uh, wasn't covered. Can I still claim even though I've got some revenue here? Or am, I was just have you answered this a whole bunch of times tonight? It's hard for us dummies. <laughs> no, no problem, no problem. So the the question is going to be really how much income you have lost. So if you have lost um, a lot of income, um, then uh, and and you are now replacing that by increasing the amount of income you're earning with your uh, with your side business, then that's going to affect potentially number one the amount of EI you receive, and number two the amount of EI you're eligible uh, your eligibility uh, to receive EI in the first place. So if your loss of income goes uh, below 40%, then you may find that you're not entitled to EI at all anymore. If your income is still above 40%, but your losses are um, decreasing as a result of the income you're making in this new job, uh, or, or not the new job, rather the side business, then you just have to report that and your EI benefits will uh, decrease accordingly. Okay, the number is about 40% then of my gross that I, that I bring home to my family uh, that's the 40% that you're talking about, that mm-hmm. area. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you again. You take care. You're welcome. Thanks, J.D. Appreciate uh, appreciate the call. Again, we'll get to uh, to Shane here. Hi, Shane. Good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Um, so my concerns are my wife's in the child care industry. She is a daycare teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is also pregnant at this time. So, um, daycares being germ magnets as they are, um, my fears are she's more susceptible being pregnant for one and being around all these children. Right. Um, what everything's being closed down, schools, pools, rec centers, everything, but Mm -hmm. daycares are still open. I'm in fear for her safety. What's the plan? What should I do? If you're in fear for her safety, I, the, the best thing that you can do is to either get a letter from her obstetrician or treating physician saying it's not safe for her to be in this environment right now as a result of the stage of her pregnancy. And, uh, okay. and then at that point, have her just take basically a medical leave of absence. Okay. And then would this medical leave then transfer into being like the COVID um uh, leave of absence that everyone's taking, like because well, there's, there's only no, there's no distinction there really. I mean, if okay. people are taking uh, a leave of absence because of COVID nineteen, they're okay, taking perfect. a sick leave. Generally speaking, they may be taking a compassionate leave, uh, or you know, in the case of, of your wife, you, you you know, you may be talking about um, transitioning into an early uh, pregnancy leave. Um, but, but they're all the same. It's all about having a legitimate reason to be away from work um, and having the right to have your job held for you under human rights legislation. Yeah, because I'm in the construction industry, and I've already been laid off because of this. So um, right. we're, it's getting deep. 
Yeah, yeah. big time. Shane, appreciate the call. We're uh, we're going to move on here in the fifth line. I'm, hi there. How are you? I don't I don't have a name for you here on my uh, on my screen. Who am I speaking with? Is that me? That be you? Don't, they're, they're gone anyway. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Sophia, hi there. How are you? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for answering my call. I I'm working in the casino, and uh, um, you know, I especially early working on the table face to face to the customer, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, every day for table people. Like uh, sometimes if there's a bonus, lots of people they never shut down. And uh, another side, uh, I have to go to nursing home to look after family pers- family members. Anyway. And uh, in this time, I feel very worried because uh, I don't want to go to work uh, because uh, I cannot uh, cut off with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, what, what can I do? I just call them. I don't want to come to work. Everywhere close. Why the casino? They open. I have no idea. And uh, we cannot wear a mask. We cannot do anything. Just uh, breathing from outside, you know, face to face. And a touch of the car chips for every second. Right, I feel right. very dangerous. Seriously. Right. Well, well, it's a difficult issue. I mean, one thing that I should I should mention uh, with respect, and and this is um, to respect to the the caller that called us earlier, is that you know during the 2003 SARS outbreak, we had many workers who refused to work under the refusal provisions of the Canada Labor Code uh, because they'd right. be exposed to people from countries where the illness was prevalent. And where those work refusals were reviewed, um, a lot of them were not successful. And they basically, in those cases, they found the risk of contracting SARS uh, from individuals uh, didn't meet the danger required to justify a refusal. Now, people can agree to disagree with that, but my advice is always going to be to put your health first. If you are genuinely worried uh, about your health, um, then I think that you have a responsibility to, to yourself to say, I'm not going to put myself in danger, uh, and I'm going to go on a medical leave. And I think very few people are going to be uh, penalized for that. And look, I'm not going to lie to anyone. I'm not going to pretend to, the, to tell you that your job is, is going to be uh, held for you uh, or that you're going to have um, severance protections. But uh, you really have to put your health first. I think in the situation you described, um, the first thing you can do is you can raise this with your supervisor or with higher management saying, I'm, I'm really worried for my safety. Um, but if you really are truly worried, then the right answer is to put your safety first. And, and uh, yeah. you know, unfortunately, your job really should come second. Appreciate the call, uh, Sophia. You want to reach out any further, get a hold of John, 604-283-3123. Rick, uh, thank you for standing by. How are you this afternoon? Hey, how's it going? Good, pal. Good. What's, uh, what's going on with you? Um, well, I'm an owner of a company, and I got a question. It's about, um, they said, like, if I ask my employees to take a 14-day leave, is the government going to pay for it, or is it just, when they get uh, positive for COVID-19. I know that only the people that are getting positive are getting the EI. The the people that are not getting positive, if I ask them, am I going to have to pay for my own pocket or is the Mm -hmm. government or the EI going to pay for it? 
Well, just just two quick things here. Now, first of all, that uh, a- anyone who is uh, not in work because of a lockdown right now, if they have 600 hours uh, and if they've lost at least 40% of their income, they're going to be entitled, generally speaking, to employment insurance benefits. So that's one thing. Now, as far as whether you're going to be on the hook to pay them for severance, I think that's going to depend on are you closing down just because your business is slower or are you closing down because you are following government guidelines and it's a a workplace health and safety measure. And if it is the latter, if it's a workplace health and safety measure, you're probably not going, going to be on the hook for severance. You have to put safety first. You won't be punished for that. Okay, okay, so Rick. Alrighty. Okay, perfect. Uh, now, when if if the only people that get uh, uh, positive for uh, COVID nineteen, right? Um, are those people are the the ones that are, like gonna get paid for sure, or because right now they're not testing everybody and they don't want to test a lot of people. If you well, call eight one one, they're not answering. So. Right. So, but you know, just remember, their their entitlement to employment insurance does not depend on whether they test positive. Um, in fact, there's mm-hmm. at, at this point, I, I think they've they've actually changed it so you don't even need a medical note, right? So they're going to be eligible for sickness benefits, and certainly, if they've been put on a layoff as a result of this, they're going to be entitled to unemployment benefits under the uh, employment insurance uh, program. They may not be entitled to severance, but they're going to be entitled to something. But the thing that that you have to remember as an employer is that employment insurance benefits and your obligations of an employer as an employer are totally separate, right? So all of these employees are going to be entitled to employment insurance benefits, generally speaking. That's not going to dictate whether you have liability to them. You have liability to them whether or not they're receiving employment insurance benefits if you're breaching their contract. My main point here is as long as you are following the government guidelines and you are closing down for health and safety reasons, it's not going to be a breach of contract. Generally speaking, you should be feel free to do that without fear of constructive dismissal claims. You have to follow what our government is telling you uh, to do. So if that's the case, do it. Encourage everyone to apply for EI. They should receive it. Rick, appreciate that call. And it's uh, you know it's interesting. The last couple of calls there, someone working uh, Sophia in a casino. Another question about a daycare. I mean, this stuff is you know as everybody know is evolving minute by minute, hour by hour across the country. I know I, I saw on the national news provider that today that uh, now Ontario has closed casinos and Alberta mm-hmm. and Ontario have both closed daycares. So this could be coming this way. It could be coming in BC. Both of those things. So yeah, that's how quickly this uh, this stuff changes. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite shocking for me to hear that that there's actually a casino still open. Uh, I know. It should be a no-brainer. That's uh, a, yeah. a germ factory. Um, and people sitting but, there for hours upon hours beside each other, tooth by jowl, beside you know slot machines. I know. I, th- I thought that would be the first thing to close, but there you go. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's an ever, yeah. ever evolving thing. Good, uh, good stuff tonight, John. Appreciate you uh, stepping in for Lior. And you want to reach out, get a hold of John or Lior. You have questions about this or anything else? Do not hesitate, especially in these times. Uh, that is six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three. You want to reach out by email. That is help at employmentlawyer And we were so busy, we didn't get to mention it. But uh, you have an employment lawyer in your pocket at all times you can refer to even before the phone call simply go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca there's a ton of information there it's anonymous it's absolutely free but if you want to there's a contact button at the top right as well thank you for listening appreciate all your calls we'll catch you next time right here on the employment law show on cknw
The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.